Well, hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Brackstack. It's been uh, clearly a little bit since we've had um, another podcast episode, but I wanted to reframe things a little bit uh, now that we're not in our, in our Matthew series as a church. Um, so this summer, especially, and we'll see how this goes, it might be something that we keep on doing, um, I would love to have this podcast be about answering your questions uh, that you yourselves are asking, not the questions that I'm asking myself. Um, so uh, what that means is whether you're a youth or a parent, um, there is a Google Doc um, that I've created where you can submit your questions anonymously. Um, and, uh, and then I'll just see these questions and I'll try to answer them. They can be anything from what does the Bible say about um, dinosaurs. It's actually a question. We'll see if we have time to get to it today or not. Um, stuff like that. Um, stuff like, uh, um, what does the Bible say about time? Um, you know, theological, doctrinal, really nerdy Bible stuff like that. You can ask questions like that. You can ask questions, um, uh, just looking for advice. Um, what do I, what do I do about this situation in my life? Um, with, my parents, what do I do with this situation in my life with my kids? Um, any questions that you want, ask me anything this summer and I will try to answer your questions with that. Um, I, uh, oh, oh, uh, before I, I move on, um, you can either submit your questions that do Google doc anonymously, if you want it to be completely anonymous and you don't want me to, um, know who's, uh, asking the question. Um, or you can also text me and, and we can set up a, a time to, I'll, I'll bring you to lunch and, uh, and then we can talk about those questions that you have. So those are two ways to ask a question. Um, one will be on a podcast and maybe the other one will just be over burgers and fries. So today's questions were actually submitted a, a while ago. Um, gosh, it was probably... Maybe in the fall, actually, uh, I asked some of the high schoolers to write down their questions and submit them to me. So I'm going to try to tackle some of these. Um, and this might actually end up being a two-part episode, depending on how much time I take to talk. And you know me, I like to talk. So um, let's take let's take an easy one. How about the... Um, here is the question. What does the Bible say about hell? Um, that's a great question. Um, here's what I'm going to do to answer the question. Um, what I want to do is instead of telling you um, just one uh, way of understanding what the Bible has to say about hell, I want to offer a few different perspectives. Um, at least two, so that um, you can kind of get an idea that one, this isn't a, an easy question to answer, actually. I make the joke that it is, it's not. Um, but uh, also that, basically I want you to, I've been thinking about this phrase and trying to answer this question is, um, you don't have to believe in hell in order to not go there. Um, Okay, if that makes sense. It, hell is not the most important thing that the Bible talks about, obviously. The most important thing that is talked about in the Bible is God himself revealed in the person of Jesus. Um, 
known through the power of the Spirit, uh, through the Word and the Church. Um, so, that being said, um, you can have differing opinions on uh, what hell is and its existence, its non-existence. You, you can think of a whole lot of different things and still be a Christian. Um, like I said, you don't have to believe in hell in order to not go there. So, here's two different perspectives, uh, at least. And as I talk, a, a third might come to my mind in just some of the research that I've done and, and been a part of, conversations that I've been a part of. So, um, the first would, the first perspective would be um, just that hell is, is uh, eternal punishment Um that it's a spiritual place, um, and later uh, what will become a physical place, at least. Um, we see evidence of that in Revelation. Um, and uh, that, it's, that it's a place. It was originally prepared for uh, the devil and his um, fallen angels um, as a place of, of punishment for them. Um, that those who join Satan and his angels in their rebellion against God will end up being um, sent to. Um, that it is uh, a place that God himself sends people to because God is the, the good judge. It's not just that people choose to go to hell. I would agree with that. Um, no matter what perspective you take, I think people choose to go to hell. Um, but sometimes we can act like, well, people are choosing to go to hell and God has nothing to do with it because God is, is super loving. Well, this perspective would say, because God is the, the righteous judge, he is actually involved in punishing um, the wicked, the unrighteous, um, and sending them to hell. Um, and uh, that it's eternal. It lasts forever. Um, so in the same way that eternal life in the presence of God is is eternal and never ends. So too the punishment um, in hell, and uh, and people are sent there because of their sin and their lack of trust in Jesus. Um, uh, something to note: um, no matter what view you take, Satan is not the ruler of hell. Um, Satan himself is sent there eventually. He currently, um, depending on the <laughs> whole different um, set of, of um, thoughts and beliefs and stuff like that. Um, Satan, I, I think, is, is more presently at work on earth, and he will someday be sent to hell himself, but he's not the ruler of it. God is the ruler of everywhere, heaven, hell, earth, everything. Um, so that's that perspective of um, if you are not... Um, uh, united to Jesus, um, you don't have, uh, you haven't put your trust in him, all that kind of stuff, then you will be sent to hell um, because of your sin and because of your lack of submission to Jesus uh, as Lord and King, you will be sent to hell for eternity. Um, what that looks like, uh, there's a lot of different perspectives within that traditional view of, of hell. Um, there's the view that it's it's just fire. Um, there's also the view that it's just like an eternal having, kind of like if you took um, the number 10 and you cut it in half, then you have five, you cut that in half, you have 2.5, you cut that in half, 
you'd have to do math, uh, and I'm not good at that, so I won't. But you can never reach zero. Um, so there's there's a view out there that would say that that's kind of what eternal destruction would mean is that there's a continual having of yourself. You, you're you're being cut in half, kind of thing. Um, soul, body, mind, spirit, however you want to view that. So that's the that's the more traditional view uh, of hell and uh, and God's judgment on people who haven't put their trust in Jesus. And this um, man, there's so much to this, right? Is that people who haven't heard the gospel um, are going to be going there? Uh, would be would be this view. Um, there is another view, um, and like I said, you don't have to believe in hell in order to not go there. Um, what is central in the, in the Bible is God himself revealed in the person of Jesus, experienced through the power of the Spirit and his church. Um, so hell's not the most important thing. Um, heaven on earth, God's kingdom, all that kind of stuff. Way more important. So with that, there are other views um, that Christians have about hell. Um, and one of these views is going to say, look, we actually <laughs> didn't really talk too much about hell or even have a whole lot of ideas about it um, until about, gosh, 1500s, something like that, when um, an Italian man uh, wrote um, what is translated into English as the Divine Comedy. And it's Dante's Inferno, uh, Purgatorio, and um, Paradiso are the three books within this trilogy called the Divine Comedy. And the first book, um, Dante uh, is this author. He also places himself within the story and he journeys through the 13 circles of hell um, where demons are tormenting people in different ways depending on what sins they've committed and stuff like that. It's, it's very um, poetic. I mean, in the original Italian, it's, it's crazy, beautiful, insane, and intricate. Um, but that's actually where we've gotten most of our ideas about hell, not the Bible. Um, that's what this view is saying. And, um, what this view would say is the Bible doesn't actually say as much about hell as we would like it to. Um, when Jesus, uh, talks about hell, he doesn't say hell. He doesn't, most of the time he doesn't even say Hades, which was more of the Greek equivalent to hell. Um, he, he says Gehenna. And Gehenna is actually a physical place outside of Jerusalem. I believe it was in the Kidron Valley, so I think that's east of, of Jerusalem, um, in between Jerusalem and the Mount of Olives, uh, where Jesus ended up praying. And uh, I'm sorry, um, not the Mount of Olives. Uh, uh, gosh, the Olive Press. What is that called? Um, Gethsemane. There you go. Um, and... Uh, where he prayed on, on the night of his uh, betrayal. Anyway, um, that, that place, Gehenna, was a, like a dumpster fire. Um, this is where everyone would put their trash and it was lit on fire and it was constantly burning. And so Jesus is talking about a physical place when he says, you don't want to go there. Um, and you could easily say, well, okay, he's using that as, as um, a physical symbol for what hell is like. But you also have to consider the historical context of what's going on in Jesus' message. And this view would say, look, um, Jesus is, is never actually talking about, okay, this is, this is a crazy view for, for longtime Christians to, to start considering. And, and, and it's this, is that Jesus is never actually talking about how to go to heaven. He's proclaiming that the kingdom of heaven has come 
in who he is and what he's doing, and we can be invited into that. And if you take that idea, that Jesus isn't telling people how to go to heaven, rather that how heaven has come here, and how eventually to have eternal life through the resurrection um, that will happen when Jesus returns, and eternal life in our physical bodies actually happens. Um, I know this is, I hope you're following me. <laughs> this, this, is, this is a lot more complicated than the typical, you know, um, hey, don't go to hell, you want to go to heaven. Um, but if that's Jesus' message, and if he is talking to uh, his Jewish audience in Jerusalem or in Galilee or wherever uh, that knows this place, Gehenna, he might actually be using um, Gehenna as um, as a symbol not for hell someday and eternal punishment, but he might actually be saying, look, um, if we as a country in, in uh, Judea and the city of Jerusalem, if, if we don't receive what I'm talking about and what I've come to bring, the kingdom of heaven, then all of Jerusalem will end up being Gehenna. It will, it, Gehenna, Gehenna, that trash heap, that dumpster fire is going to expand and that's what Jerusalem is going to look like. Um, which actually kind of happens in AD 70 when Jerusalem is destroyed. Um, so there's, there's that kind of, hey, well, maybe hell isn't as black and white as we thought it was. Um, and you have weird things. Okay, and you know, up front, I have to say, most things in the book of Revelation are really weird and difficult to understand, but add some, let's add some weird uh, to, to what's going on. Um, people who are kind of holding this view of uh, maybe hell and heaven, maybe it's not as black and white and easy to understand as we used to think, um, are going to say, look, in Revelation, we have um, the new Jerusalem comes down out of heaven, heaven and earth meet. Um, the city is, I think it's, you know, 144,000, um, I can't remember if it was cubits or stadia. I think it's stadia is some old, old, um, way of measuring things, but 144 stadia wide and deep and tall. It's this big cube. Um, and it comes down onto earth. And then John writes that outside of the city are, um, I think he calls them dogs, uh, the cowards, sexually immoral, all that kind of stuff. Um, you could look at that and say, well, he's using outside of the city as a metaphor for being in hell, but he's also already talked about this, the lake of fire and people being sent there. So is it that John is trying to say, look, um, there's the people who are in the lake of fire. There are those who are inside the new Jerusalem, that city. And then there are those who are outside and not yet in the new Jerusalem, that city. And people are pointing out, look, well, maybe uh, maybe there's this kind of, it's not heaven or hell, but this outside. Um, okay. And again, this is, this is a weird for a lot of us. I'm like, oh, really? I'm just trying to show you there's, there's more perspectives out there than just there's heaven and hell. Um, and you, you kind of need to believe in hell in order to not go there. I, I don't think, I don't, I don't think you have to not believe, I, I don't think you have to believe in hell in order not to go there. Um, and, and then, um, within Revelation, again, there's uh, the tree of life and the fruit on the tree um, is for the healing of the nations. Um, you got to ask, what nations are we talking about? <laughs> I thought it was just this new creation and it's all Christians that are on this planet. So what needs any healing? Um, 
just as well, the river of life within the, the New Jerusalem is flowing outside of the city into the rest of the world. Okay, there's, there's an outside. Who's out there? Are there people out there? So anyway, what does the Bible have to say about hell? That's a really good question, and it's really hard. And um, it's going to depend a lot on, um, it, you know, how you read the scriptures, um, what your background is, uh, and, and stuff like that. Um, but here's what I can say. At the end of the day, this is what I love. Um, no matter what you believe about heaven and hell, and really how... That, that question, it relates to judgment, God's judgment. Who, who is God going to, in the end, have favor on? And who, in the end, is God going to punish? Um, here's what I love. I am not responsible for figuring out who goes into God's favor and who goes into God's punishment. Why? Because I am a servant of the king, not the king himself. And the king is the judge, not me. Jesus the man uh, who lived on this earth, who lived it perfectly, never sinned, is on the throne and someday will return to, to judge everyone. And some will enter into his favor and some won't. But it's up to him. And, and here's the thing, two things with God's judgment and Jesus' judgment. The first would be this. Um, Jesus, because he lived as a man, because he is God and he did it, his life totally perfectly, he will probably, I think, make judgments that I'm not going to be a fan of. Um, and that's okay. Uh, because he's going to judge better than the rest of us um, ever could. So he's going to probably make judgments that we wouldn't, w- wouldn't make. He's probably going to show favor to some people that we wouldn't want to show favor to. And he's probably going to show punishment to some people that we wouldn't want um, him to show punishment to. Um, but like I said, that's, that's okay because God, uh, has done a lot of things that we wouldn't do. Um, like, look, if I were God, I wouldn't send my son to (laughs) save the world through his death. I wouldn't do that because I'd be like, you know what? You guys have, uh, have really screwed this thing up and I'm just going to let you all die. Um, so it's a good thing that God does things that we wouldn't do because otherwise we wouldn't even be here. Um, so that's the first part is that, yeah, Jesus is probably going to make judgments that, um, we might not be fans of, but he's still good. Um, the other thing is, um, he is a man. And so typically some of these questions about heaven and hell, they, they end up being very personal for us because we say, look, I had a grandma, um, you know, or my mom, I, I, I had a friend of mine when I lived in Colorado, um, his mom, you know, super sweet, great lady, um, you know, I, I actually never met her though, because she had died, um, before I, I met him and he was considering being a Christian. And so he had this question, uh, uh, basically he, he was thinking, look, if I become a Christian, then I'm going to say that, and, and my mom wasn't, um, by me becoming a Christian to avoid going to hell and wanting to go to heaven, then I'm I, by implication, I'm saying that my mom, who I love is going to be in hell and, and we'll never um, see each other again. And she's being punished eternally. Um, gosh, you can, you can see why this question matters, right? Um, for people's experience. And it's just, it's tough. Um, but here's, here's what I love. Um, Jesus is the judge. 
And he has not just heard the question about, um, I have this friend or this relative that, you know, by, by looking at a man, they, they looked like people who were really, um, you know, trying to make this world a better place. They were kind. They, they had like all of the markers of what it looks like to behave like a Christian, but they never um, heard the gospel. They never had a chance. Um, you know, so we've experienced that. And guess what? So has Jesus. Um, he's lived uh, life the same as we have. And he's known people who are really kind um, who are sweet, who are very close to us, um, and yet died without seeming to have heard the good news, um, or having received it. Um, so here's what I love is there's a, uh, there's a line in the Psalms. Um, it might be the Psalms or, or Job, uh, Google it. Um, will not the judge of all the earth do right? And we can trust God that he will. So, uh, that's answering the question about hell. I hope that it's helpful and informative. Um, uh, <laughs> please don't say, send me angry emails. I'm just trying to show uh, to be a Christian, you don't have to just believe what, um, you know, all the, all the same things that um, have, have been uh, told you before. Um, you might be someone who has heard that hell really doesn't exist. And you might look at the Bible and go, no, I think it does. And, and guess what? You're, you're not a bad Christian for believing that the hell exists. Um, at the same time, you might've been in a position where you were told your whole life that, um, it's black and white heaven or hell. Um, and, and now you're hearing this different perspective and Hey, you, you might change your mind. And guess what? That's okay too, because Jesus is the point, not our beliefs about heaven and hell. Um, so that's the answer to that question. I'll try to answer one more and round this off um, in uh, so that we have a half hour episode here. Um, so let's look at this one. I, I really love this question. This is this is kind of more not the necessarily that kind of doctrinal question and that we just talked about a second ago. This is more about um, a little closer to the idea of advice and how do I live the Christian life and stuff like that. I, I love this question. Um, how do you learn to listen to the Holy Spirit when you pray? Uh, that's the first part of the question. And the second part of the question is, are you looking for answers from God? Um, I pray, but find it hard to hear the answers to my prayers. Uh, so that was the question that was presented. And like I said, this is just a beautiful question that has a lot to do with how do we live the Christian life? And yeah, I mean, to talk about the Holy Spirit and how do we listen to him? I mean, this, this, it's just great. Um, so in Ephesians 6, um, Paul tells us that the sword uh, of the Spirit, um, or in, in other words, uh, the Spirit's sword, the Holy Spirit's sword is the word of God. Um, and, and so if the Holy, so it's, you know, put the helmet on the salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, all this kind of stuff, and take up the sword of the spirit. It's not the spirit is the sword. It's the spirit's sword. And that spirit, uh, the, the sword that the spirit wields is God's word. And Jesus also tells us, um, 
that the spirit uh, can't, rem- um, uh, sorry, he, uh, he'll remind the disciples, I think this is John 16, he'll remind the disciples of everything that he's taught them. So the Holy Spirit repeats what God has said. And so I think specifically for us, the Spirit speaks to us through the Bible. So if you want to um, hear from the Spirit, read the Bible. Um, So with your prayer time, link it up with um, reading the Bible. And I think that that, that probably, um, gosh, there's so many things to this question, right? I think that would be the first place I would go, though, is read your Bible, because then um, you'll also have where the Spirit is is reminding you of the things that you've read before. The Spirit can't remind you of the things that you've read before if you've never read them before. Does that make sense? It's like you you um, you need to have these arrows in your quiver. You need to have these um, you know uh, Nerf darts in your Nerf gun. If, you know, already in, so, and I'm saying that as like, uh, you need these verses and what you've read somewhere in the back of your mind. Um, it needs to have been read before. And then the spirit's job is to remind you of the things that God has said. Um, so how you, uh, listen to the Holy Spirit in, in your prayer time is by, I think, linking your prayer time with your Bible reading. Um, and then as far as looking for answers um, from God, um, man, uh, that I think you're probably not just going to try to open up your Bible and find an answer. Um, if it's like a life circumstance or like, what do I do in this situation or, or this situation? Um, I would say, don't just like flip open your Bible <laughs> and try to find, you know, and then it's like, I, I've opened my Bible and I look on this page and you know, this is, is vaguely related to something that I'm going through. And so I should do it. I would say just find a good Bible reading plan. There's lots of these on the, um, Bible app, uh, and, and just start reading through whole books of the Bible. Um, you know, and, uh, I mean, there's a lot of books of the Bible that are really small, actually, that you can easily read within um, within an hour, for sure, probably less. Um, and yeah, just just keep those words in front of you and let the Spirit remind you of those things. Um, but as far as like listening to the Spirit and, and listening for answers, if it's like a, uh, a certain circumstance um, or a decision that you have to make, then I would say pray a lot. Write down what your prayer is um, and start, you know, maybe even taking notes about how you see the situation. Um, if you and then start and just wait. Um, if it's important enough, it's it's important enough to wait for an answer on. Um, and gosh, there's so many different ways that the spirit um, leads us and directs us in certain directions um, as we pray and wait for an answer. I've had so many times, uh, I could tell stories where God has done this for me as I've just prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, um, and waited for an answer to come, uh, more, more than likely to just to clear some confusion up. You're probably not going to hear an audible voice, uh, that rarely happens. Um, and so don't, I would just say, don't be surprised if that doesn't happen. If it does happen, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Um, cool. But, um, God's already spoken to us in his word. So, uh, there's, 
I think probably uh, not as much of a need to hear God's voice audibly. And two, in the Bible, that rarely happens too. Out of the 66 books in the Bible, it's like how many of them have God audibly speaking to someone? It, it doesn't happen very often. And uh, so that would be something I would just want to clear up um, is don't, don't worry if you're not hearing an audible voice. That's really normal. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd say link your... Your prayer time with your Bible reading. Um, and then two, I think another thing to say would be um, don't read the Bible just to gain information. Um, and I say don't just. I mean, it is a good thing to, to read your Bible to gain information about who God is, what life is like, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but eventually we should move on from that and read the Bible um, knowing that there's a living God that's speaking to us through it on the other side. Um, that there is a spiritual dimension of, of what's going on, a spiritual reality um, to what's going on. Is God is speaking to us during that time of, of reading. Um, yeah, so that's what I would say about that question. I hope that helps. Um, link your prayer with your Bible reading and let the Spirit remind you of what to say. And then too, you'll probably, um, in certain situations, you'll probably get where, uh, you get, um, this feeling that you should talk to someone, do something, that kind of thing. If it's in line with what the Bible teaches, do it. Cause I think at that point, the spirit is probably leading you to do it because you've been listening to God and his, uh, word has been shaping your mind and your heart and your desires to do things differently in your life. So I'd say it's a good idea to act on those things when you, when you feel it. Um, cool. I'm excited guys. I hope you, uh, were helped during this conversation, uh, over the last half hour or so. Um, something to, to keep in mind too, if you want to be able to ask some questions live about some hard topics this summer, um, th this, uh, June 11th, we have, uh, from 1130 to 1:30, we have a youth and parent luncheon, uh, where we're going to talk about a harder, um, harder topic, uh, that a lot of youth and parents face questions about, um, in life. And because it's pride month, uh, for a lot of people, it's, we're going to talk about, um, what does the Bible have to say about, uh, the LGBTQ, uh, plus sexual ethic, gender identity, um, the community and, and how can, uh, we as Christians love people, uh, and love our neighbor who might be LGBTQ plus. And a lot of you guys, um, who are youth, I mean, you, you know, people there, you might have friends, um, that are LGBTQ. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about on June 11th, 1130 to 130. There's going to be lunch, um, that we'll provide. Uh, and youth and parents can come, uh, and we'll even have a Q and a time afterwards. And I hope that this is a time where we can really dig into what does the Bible say about these things and how can we learn to love our LGBTQ, um, neighbors best. Um, and how do we understand ourselves maybe a little bit in the, in the process. So looking forward to that. I'll see you guys uh, then. And yeah, I look forward to hearing from you and what your questions are. And uh, yeah, this summer, ask me anything. Until next time, go and tell them to come and see. <laughs>